0: So, alright class, we're going to look at chapter 5 in Mr. Bertowski's book, it's entitled Symbols. So, what have we done so far in this class, from chapter 1 to chapter 4? We looked about what is presentation graphics, we moved into lines, lettering, uh, drawing a property line, we've looked at chapter 7 as well, talking about drawing the borders and what's on a plan. So we're to the point now these circles that we've drawn on our labs we're going to start detailing them and we're going to start making them look like shrubs we're going to start making them look like trees and then we move into chapter six we'll talk about the ground plane which is your turf your mulch your concrete your brick pavers everything that's on the ground so kind of think of it as that way right now it's symbols we're symbolizing our trees we're symbolizing our plants and uh, We're getting to to make them look like a landscape design, which is the fun part. Our objectives, we're gonna understand the role of symbols in the design. We're gonna learn the different types of symbols and the types of plants that they represent. So each symbol can represent different plants. You can use the same symbol with a different variation to represent another plant, whether it be smaller, larger, more coarse, more fine textured, but very similar symbols, uh, and it can represent uh, different plants. And you'll, you'll learn to like um, different symbols. You'll have your favorites that you'll use over and over again, whether it be representing a Laura this week or an Indian hawthorn next week, uh, depending on which plan you're drawing, you'll find yourself using uh, the same symbols. And that's okay. You'll learn the little tricks to, to, make, them, uh, to make them yours and to represent uh, your favorite plants. We'll learn the basic approach to drawing the symbols. We'll understand how to scale the symbols. And so basically what we're doing is we're taking our uh, circle templates and we're using our scale, uh, whichever we've determined to use on our landscape plan. And we're measuring these circles. And if we need a, a, an eight foot shrub, we're gonna scale it out. We'll measure um, measure an eight foot wide circle on your circle template. And then we'll learn the techniques to shadow the symbols. Now, there are a couple different philosophies on that. Some designers are going to render uh, their shadows on a colored plan. If you're gonna color the drawing, I would recommend doing that. Uh, if you're not, then yeah, you can throw some shadows on uh, with your uh, with your pencils uh, or maybe a marker, preferably a pencil. Uh, if you're if you're not going to color, but if I'm coloring a drawing, I'm gonna I'm gonna be rendering my shadows um, with with what color marker? Is it purple. Purple. Exactly. I've always used purple because why? Purple's most common color in the landscape. Good, y'all pay attention. And so let's get started with the basic elements uh, of symbols. And if you guys want to follow along in your textbook on seventy-two, uh, hopefully there's enough light in here. That's why I moved the lamp back here so I could uh, see it. But your center dot is used to indicate a single plant. It is the placement of plants. The dot may vary depending on existing, new, or to be removed. So. Remember last week when I was drawing those circles on the board and I was crossing those circles and then I erased the cross marks in between and then I went back and put the little, the little dots in the center of the plant that represents a plant. So you could count the dots. If you have a massing of plants, count the dots. Count the dots. And whether or not you're figuring a plan for installation or you're drawing a plan, Make sure that your plant list matches the number of symbols that you have on the plan. A lot of landscape contractors will estimate a plan based on the plant symbols in the legend. I don't advise doing that. I advise counting every single plant because the number of circles drawn on the planting plan is the number of plants that you need to give the client. And I've seen it where the plant list may say 20, but they've got 22 of a particular shrub. And that's just money out of your pocket because you're gonna get there and you're gonna be, oh, I'm too short. Always count the dots in the center of that plant. Scale. Again, it's the diameter, uh, it's the width of the plant or the canopy. Be sure to explain to the client the relationship of the size of the plant to the actual size that will be planted plant placement on the plan will be mature size or almost close to it. We wanna draw it to that. Now, you're gonna have situations where you're gonna draw a plan, it's gonna look full, you're going to be proud of it, you're gonna be planting some three gallon shrubs on the front foundation, you might plant a foster holly on either corner of the house, you may have a Japanese maple out as a focal point, And it's going to look full and complete on your landscape plan but when you go to install it these three gallon shrubs are going to look dwarfed compared to what they look like on the plan that's why you need to tell your client hey you know the plan is to mature size it's going to look a little small once we get it planted but it's going to give you time to see your landscape mature and grow that's why When you go to the nurseries and you pick out your plants, try to pick out the fuller, larger uh, plants. A three gallon shrub needs to be in the three gallon container for a good while. If they've just stepped it up from a one gallon and put it in a three gallon shrub, they're really intending on it growing for probably another year. But if you get one, if you pick up a plant and you can tell that it's all, that the roots are not intertwined in the bucket, that means they've just transplanted it. They've stepped it up from probably a one gallon to a three gallon. It needs another year to mature before you buy it and sell it as a three gallon shrub. Because on commercial properties, you're gonna have a zoning inspector more likely to come out and measure the width and height of each shrub planted. And they're gonna tell you, we want our three gallon shrubs to be 36 inch minimum. That's hard to find. A shrub that's 36 inches wide 36 inches tall in a three-gallon shrub what do you think what, what, do you, what plant do you think is going to be that there's probably one that we could always find and that's your dwarf burford the dwarf burford holly you all remember that from plant materials right well those can those can get to 36 inches in a three-gallon pot probably the only one maybe a needlepoint holly as well some somewhere along that line but your zoning inspectors are always gonna say, hey, like 36 inches wide, 36 inches tall, is needs to be the smallest plant size uh, being installed. But when we are scaling it, again, explain that to your client. This is the, this is the, the mature width, and that's why I like section drawings. That's why I like pro landscape. Uh, even if you're doing the planting plan for them to do a digital image for them, and show them over install, and then you can hit growth, and show the actual plants grow and become larger. So they'll understand that the plants are a little bit smaller when installed. Yes, sir. Usually a zoning inspector from the city. No, they're
1: they're
0: they're mainly checking for commercial. Yeah. Yeah, because there has to be so many trees, so many plants around parking lots and in commercial, commercial properties. Um, it's their requirement, it's their requirement, from, the requirement from the city, yeah. Yeah, homeowners, yeah, they're not gonna come out and check. Uh, usually that's gonna be, usually on a residential site, the only thing they're worried about is that there's straw down. That's really all they care about. I've seen, I've seen new homes get certificates of occupancy. I mean, they call it a CO. That means the homeowner can move in with just straw down. They haven't even put seed down. They've just come out and strawed the yard. That building inspector's not getting out there raking back straw. He's just looking, he's going by a checklist. All right, straw down, so it's good to go. You know, handrail up on the stairs, you know. I mean, you can get a CO without carpet. You can get a CO without having the walls painted. Why? Because they're looking for code violations. That's all they're looking for. They don't care about the aesthetics when it comes to the health, welfare, and safety of the general public. So we're going to determine the size of the symbol, the symbols that mature width, and then symbols within time frame, five years. We're going to basically try to show that maybe in Pro Landscape a five year growth from start to finish. Determine the size of the symbol again, symbols at two thirds maturity. These are symbols in like a preliminary design. So I like kind of using that two thirds rule. I do. So if we have a 15 foot, if we're going to let our nelly Siemens get 15 foot wide and like a In a, uh, If we're going to let them get 15 foot wide, we might want to draw them at 10, two-thirds of it. If we're doing a row of planting or if we're going to do a 30-foot tree, show it at two-thirds. It's okay to do that. You can draw it at two-thirds of maturity. I don't mind you doing that. Yeah, I would, yeah, yep. Um, yeah, so if you're, yeah, if you're gonna draw your maple trees at two thirds, draw like your, your, um, your foundation plants at two thirds. Um, also, because think about it, if you draw, if you're putting an oak tree or a maple tree in somebody's front yard and they get 40, 45 feet, that's gonna take up the entire it's gonna take up the entire front yard. Who was that? Yeah, it was a police officer. It was a police officer? Yeah. <laughs> you want to <a> <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was about. He's looking for somebody. So general numbers when you have not decided on Pacific plant materials. Remember, I kind of said that we need to start designing without our plants. Without our plants. Let me see what he needs. Um, so like I said, we're going into the design and we, we're, we're really not thinking lower pedlums, uh, Indian Hawthorns, Foster Hollies. We're just going in and we're thinking of sizes. Here are some general numbers that we can use. They're in the book, too. They should be on page, let's see. Yep, 81. Yep, on page 81. And let's see. Yeah, the book's even saying your larger trees can be drawn 25% to 50%. Um but doing shrubs. We can do small shrubs three to five feet, medium five to six. Your larger shrubs are gonna be six to nine. Trees, a small tree is ten to fifteen feet, a medium one, 15 to twenty, and then a large, you know, twenty foot plus. Um and so we do it, we do our preliminary design, then we start picking out plant materials. Then you might need to adjust it, but you draw a medium shrub five to six feet we're going to get shrubs that'll get five to six feet lower petal is going to get six feet wide if you let it keep growing the larger you know st- the the standard one not not your little rubies and stuff like that but uh straight species will same thing with um you know a helleri holly it's going to get three to five feet wide so you'll start learning this so you see you see how where plant material knowledge comes into this and knowing the widths of them and, and seeing them out in sight and maybe having like a plant palette that you like to, to pull your plants from, it's your own personal preference of plants, uh, is an easy thing to do. This, this guy's right here is, is like, I know final exam questions and pop quiz questions that would, would come up for us uh, in this class. Drawing your symbols, draw the guideline, 4-H lead, it should not show through. Now, uh, again, you could use the blue pencil, but maybe when it starts to get time to draw in these, let's use that 4-H. And there's a good picture of that in your textbook uh, if you look on page, uh, if you look on 83, well, it starts on 82. uh, they're They're drawing a guideline there. Uh, in a and look at b look at what what they're saying no why do you think the one on the left is worse than the one on the right on page 82 is there, is there no guideline in that no? there's no guideline in that no and having the no guideline that plants like all odd shaped It's weird looking, almost looks like a football versus a round circle. It's okay to see that guideline even if you ran a print, very lightly in the background. So that's that yes is a definite yes. It's okay to have that. But if you're using a 4-H, it's gonna be really light and then you can just mark over top of it. You draw the outline of the symbol, H or HB is darker lines. They radiate from the center dot. Do not use guideline as a baseline. Uh, create the symbol detail. You'd use an H or 2H uh, lighter than the outline. So, again, I like using my fine tip markers. I'm still drawing my plant symbols, my guidelines, doing that in that 4H, and then coming back with the thinner sharpies or the darker. Softer pencils to create more of a um, uh, to create the the texture and the detail of it is a the and the of the baseline, baseline? That right well, a guideline will be the circle i I shouldn't have said it's baseline, maybe the baseline is your starting point. the baseline is a starting point. you draw it draw the guidelines as a base and then. But what they're saying is, don't use a guideline as a baseline. It's, it's not going to be the complete drawing. Well, yeah, I thought maybe what you were talking about is like this one here, where you as a baseline. Yeah, well, yeah, and what they're meaning right there, see how they're drawing those those flowers to the very edge of it. You want to draw on top of it, drawing on top of it. So yeah, I see what you're saying now. Using it as a baseline there. It's, you don't draw to it. You draw over top of it. Just like that big yes. It, it covers it. You don't want your plants to look so uniform and perfectly round as it does on page 83 on the no columns. See where it says the flower and the sun radiant? They're drawing it to, drawing it to the guideline and using it as a baseline. Draw over top of it as in the yes column. My fault. Then again on page 84, compare the no's to the yeses. Now it may be a little bit easier to see it in the second one down. Um, look at look at look at look at the two trees in the middle. You've got the no and you've got the yes. In your opinion, what's the difference? Because they look very similar. The hmm? They're not lining up to the center? Well, the hand stroke is different. You've got to keep your stroke exactly the same. And basically what we're meaning, you see how some of the flower symbols turn at an angle and some of them are like perpendicular to it. It needs to be that way all the way around your guideline. It doesn't. Some of them don't need to be at a 45 and other ones at a 90. They all need to be either 90 or either 45. And in the bottom one, you can see like where the strokes kind of come off. You want the strokes saying very, very similar. Um, and you can see there in 514, uh, the black and white drawing. You see how, can you see the guideline that they drew? And then do you see some of those flowers aren't even touching? And then he's going into the center from that center point and drawing more flowers in the the middle or leaf, doing like a leaf structure there. Generic symbols used to represent any type of plant. Um, figure five fifteen. Again, just you know, look, look at that. Not, not the uh, the prettiest uh, one, but it can represent pretty much uh, any plant. Your broad leaves. Uh, if you look on page eighty seven, you have the looping, the irregular, and the umbrella look. And so, look at page eighty seven you got the better, good, and poor. You've got examples of looping, irregular, and umbrella. So the top one, the top looping is the one you want to use. The top irregular, and then the top umbrella. So please be able to identify those type symbols and be able to draw them. Guys, is there anything wrong with tracing when it comes to drawing your plans? No. You can trace. You can photocopy these pages out of your book, slide them underneath your drawing, and trace them if it's the correct size. So you know what I've done? I've taken like the ones... It's probably our longest chapter, but I've taken the, the ones on page 119, 120, 121. I've taken those and I've photocopied them multiple times. So, in that broadleaf symbols on page 119, What scale is that? Like, tell me what scale that is in quarter scale. That very first plant should be what? Maybe four feet wide? Yeah. What is it in 20 scale? Somebody else tell me what it is in 20 scale. Yeah. Well, there, huh? 20 feet. 20 feet and 20 scale I think so. at 20 scale, mm-hmm. one inch equals 20. So yeah. So at four feet, I mean, if that's a quarter scale, we're probably looking, that's probably like a five foot, maybe a four foot shrub. I'm guessing about 19. about 19. So if I photocopied this page exactly is, I could write on there, this is quarter scale or this is 20 scale. These are 20 foot shrubs. if I blew it up twice the size and took my 10 scale and measured it and if it come out to be a 10-foot tree a 10 scale I'd write on the piece of paper 10 scale 10 foot this is a 10-foot shrub 10-foot tree so you could pull those out and trace really really quick you see what I'm saying or if you have 100 shrubs on the same plan you could actually draw it one time on a piece of paper and slide it underneath it and just move it around and start tracing. So it gets really, really, really... You learn these tricks of the trade to help you draw them pretty quick. But know those shapes. Know those shapes. I love our broadleaf detail again on page 88. Then you have a radial detail. Again, pay close attention to the better, the good and the poor. Pay close attention to the better. That's how we're going to start drawing our symbols. When we do these little lab exercises, you know, draw a grouping of five shrubs underneath the canopy. Now we're going to start using symbols versus just our circle templates. Broadleaf detail, keep it as random as possible. The foliage details, you can use bananas, triangles, and squares. Uh, Radial detail, the lines radiate from the center and you let it go beyond the guideline a little bit. It crosses over. As you can see in that radial detail, and figure 519 in your textbook. Page 88 again. Can do that for, for we, that you no, you can do it for needles too. They'll all cross over your your guideline. Needles. Starting, you know, page 89, it talks about it, and then you've got your... Um, your symbol starting on page 91. On page 90, what two plant materials do we have there without even looking at the the spelling? Y'all should be able to identify those plant materials. What's that top one? Without even reading your text. Huh? On page 90. Yeah, what plant is that? Close. Rotunda now rotunda will revert back i mean no other way around no, carissa. carissa will revert back to rotunda yep because you'll you'll see you'll see carissa's with that rotunda shoots coming off of it it's reverting back to the parent plant and then you got the barberry down below the next plant which your needles needle like foliage it's a spiny foliage as in some hollies or broadleaf with thorns your outline the dashing outline short lines radiate from the center point or you can have a spiking outline random inverted with varying loop numbers um, so again look at the better on the needle outlines page 91 those are representing like your pine trees your pine screenings um, i would even use leland cypress as this or some of your cypress stuff anything that's like an evergreen, wintry, needle-like um, shrub. And hedge would, we would use like this. Uh, page 92, again, pay attention to those needle details. Um, I mean, you can even see that that top one, looking down over top of it, almost looks like a, you know, like a Canadian hemlock or white pine. very good examples of that again trace it practice drawing it so now we're starting to think wow some of this drawing is going to take a little time it's going to take a little time consuming so the, 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 the outlines are the outlines are what You talking about the guideline baseline again? Yeah, yeah, what, I mean, are these standards, these standards of any particular plant? I mean, this exact, I mean, or is it no, whatever it can you be, want to use? Whatever you want to use, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Like those top three there that says good, you know, if you're drawing a Cedrus deodora, pick one of those and represent the Cedrus deodora. But you'd want to use the same symbol. Like if, if that's on your plan representing a Cedrus deodora, whichever one you choose, it needs to be for each one on the plant. So you, you want to say? use that symbol there for something else. That may be the same, you know, maybe. It's the same family, yeah. same genesis, yeah. And if it's smaller, you just draw it smaller. Or change it up just, just a little bit in the middle. Okay. It's, like what do you mean by that? Like just make it like uh, a little bit smaller? Um, well even look at look at page 93 using the 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 basic radial symbol you know using the tighter lines in the middle maybe on the larger ones if you needed the smaller one use the basic one it's really the same symbol but just a little bit different because if you're rendering the plan you're going to be able to take your markers or your colored pencils and throw some detail in there that's going to pop it because that Cedrus deodora, you could probably use that symbol for your Cedrus deodora, and then you may want to use it for a Leland cypress, just a little bit different, but if you're coloring it, the Leland Cypress has what color in it more than the Cedrus deodora almost has a what color what kind of tint to it? Like a, like a bluish tint, grayish, bluish kind. So you'd use pencils like that to show that that is a Cedrus deodor. Leland cypress is more of a a true green. A green so you'd use like a grass green marker or a true green colored pencil to show that that is that. And again, uh, this is what we're showing our homeowners. We're probably not going to give detailed plan like this to the installer to build they want to use circles they want to see circles that's just easier that way they can take their scale scale from the plan from point to point because that helps us determine the spacing of the plants too if we've done all this fancy detail coloring and stuff it's harder for the installer to install it they want simple clean lines and when we put together a design packet you know, we'll give a planting plan to the landscape contractor to install. He's not going to see, he or she's not going to see the master plan, colored, rendered drawing. So these two, these two, the radial and the needle are, are really for different plants. So if I had a Krypton I would use the radial as an example. Yeah, yeah, cryptomeria I mean, that would be... And Carissa would be then... The, the, the carissa, I would use broadleaf, because it, even though it's got the needles, it's still individual leaves and whereas what plant did you say your the cryptomera yeah I mean it's those just seem like the long fingers almost seem like the needles out of it yeah uh, a zigzag outline sharp point inside you know we're talking about probably that middle one right there on page 92 then you can have dash spiking zigzag and repeated pattern on the interior Ma'am. Uh, Jerry and I was having a question. Uh, uh, can we create our own symbols? Like does that have to be exactly the same? Everybody mostly uses these. Pretty much. But I mean, yes, you can come up with your own. But again, uniformity, consistency, using don't use the guideline as the baseline as we just discussed. Um and when you, when you say design something, don't come up with something so off the wall. Take these and kind of combine of what's already there. Okay. You know, mix and match of what's already, again, it's like don't reinvent the wheel. You know, they're paying for your design on what you know about the plant materials and the space. Again, like I've said, some of the best designers I know can't draw a pretty picture. Some of the worst designers I know can draw a beautiful picture. You'd rather be the good designer because you want it to look good when, when it's implemented and have a functional design that people can use. You wanna have a driveway that people can get in and out of, a parking lot that people can get in and out and feel safe and not have bump ups in the parking lot because of the way you laid it out. You want to have a functional space in someone's backyard because it's easily accessible from the front. But it's also hidden. You see what I'm saying? Difference between a pretty picture and a pretty design. And a lot of you are going to be able to draw really, really well. And I'm going to be like, what in the world are you doing? Some of you aren't going to be able to draw it but you're going to be like, I'm going to look at me, wow, man, that'd be an awesome place to sit out and have a cookout, you know? But we can teach ourselves to draw. And over time, we'll learn what is good design. Branching, your deciduous trees, they have those stronging branch habits. So you're automatically thinking crepe myrtle, Japanese maple, sugar maple red maple for shade trees willow oaks stuff like that your deciduous trees your shade trees branched outline may or may not need an outline and i recommend always doing your your guideline but if you look on page 97 the top up there drawing the branched symbol see how they start they've got that guideline they're drawing to it they've got the three major lines then they're branching off of it and then they're darkening that center trunk and trust me that that one in the top right hand corner looks amazing looks amazing and when you color that with with some green a light green and then you put a little If it's a cherry tree that's blooming white, and we take that white-out, dotted little white-out pen that we get, and we draw put some white speckles in it for the blooms, man, it pops. It pops so good. Look at the yes, all branches, you know, they go to the outline. They can go over it a little bit as well. And then look at the branched with foliage. At the bottom. And there, what we're talking about, you know, you've got the branch symbol, then you've got it with an outline. They're drawing that outline, or it doesn't necessarily have to be. Just depends. Depends on what you like. Again, that's developing your style. I love that one down there without the without the outline and having the foliage on it. That really pops it. And that can represent crepe myrtle, that can represent Jap Maple. That can represent willow, oak, anything, anything. As long as you tell us what it is in your plant symbol. Miscellaneous, again, bird's eye view, looking down from the top, fence is a line. You know, people always ask, how do you draw a fence? Well, we're looking down on top of it. What you do is you draw round, post with a line in between it that represents a fence labels define your symbols existing trees the centered dot designation it's, it's a simple generic plant that's there the centered dot represents an existing tree um They're in the book saying that they're using a small circle versus a dot uh, for the center of it. But again, however you tell us what it means, that's something, again, you can change, develop your own style. More than likely, I'm probably just putting a a, a dot on uh, new stuff that we're planting instead of drawing a little bitty plus on all of them. No symbol indicates trunks instead of the symbol. So let's say we've got a huge existing white oak in somebody's property, and we're drawing a site inventory and analysis. We're just gonna represent a trunk. Why do we wanna do that? If We draw that entire canopy. It's probably covering the entire property. We wanna see what's underneath it. A simple label, label existing trees is a good idea. And then you can have the legend down in the right-hand corner uh, and say alternative to labeling. Specimen plant, a plant that stands out. You're trying to draw attention to it. So like your focal point, you got to give them characters. The symbols should attract attention and drawn in greater detail. So what trees should we draw in greater detail, guys? Name a plant. Huh? Japanese maple, perfect example. Weeping cherry, that's a focal point in the front yard. But your little old Helleria holly that's planted underneath them, you're not going to give so much detail to. Foundation plants for massing, it's about balance a specimen and connect the design. Symbols should have a simple outline and minor detail. We want our, our, our good stuff to pop out. Um, trying to think of what uh, to say about canopies. You know, look at page 191, you got the specimen, you got the foundation. Again, that specimen has more details than any of the other um, shrubs underneath it. Looking at figure 539 on 104, you got the canopy, keep it overhead. Uh, keeping that overhead canopy simple with stuff underneath it Um, you got to see what's underneath you really do Um, even though I personally like where it says what's underneath I kind of like showing that a little bit but I'll show you techniques with markers Um, of how to, how to pop that underneath. Complexity, focus on making uh, the drawing easy to read. Do not try to create unique symbols for each plant. Hint, hint guys. It can become chaotic. Change the complexity and scale of the same symbol to get more choices because what have I told you from day one? Just what? Just draw. A lot of you will sit there and think, hmm, I got to create this new symbol to represent this plant. No. Mix it up by using the same stuff. Now, yeah, if you're bored at home and want to design this whole new plant symbol palette, go right ahead. But when it comes time to, again, final exam time, you want to use something that's, that's just a repeat. Change it up a little bit to represent different plant materials. Keep simple. Allow underneath to be viewed easier, the overhead canopies. Texture can be uh, decide or decided by the size of the leaf, larger leaf, or coarse texture. Look in your book, page 105. Look how they're doing the fine texture. It's very, very small compared to the larger one. And so when you are drawing your shrubs like that, which one do you think would represent a boxwood better? One on the left or the one on the right? One on the left. When I'm looking at something on the right, that coarse one, I'm thinking probably Indian Hawthorn. I'm thinking rhododendron. You know, something that has a little bit bigger leaves. Mass planting plant small to medium shrubs in a group allow them to grow together creates a larger form using several plants symbol for massing the plant should overlap draw outline around the outside mass and provide center dot for each plant and we've got that um you know starting on page 108. look at the poor and the good remember that first little exercise when i said draw five groups you know draw a group of five make sure that three of them are underneath the canopy of the tree that good they they overlap they overlap they're not individual circles when you're doing a mass planting there they're connecting the lines on page 109 that can be done yeah on a planting plan I would never do it on a master plan and then look at the yes and the no's. even the needle ones down there they just does not look good but look at the two yeses especially that top one and they've got some shadowing on it see what that shadow does almost makes it 3d it makes it look like it's popping off the page You draw your shadows last to prevent the smudging, create a sense of depth and scale, shadow portion of a symbol drawn to more detail to give it more line weight. And again, the perfect example uh, on page 109. Outline it, use a 4-H lid, use a circle outline and pull down slightly. Fill in the shadow, you can use hatching, cross hatching with more weight than hatching. Uh, H-lead along with the symbol edge can develop the shadow, darken the symbol outline with the 2B-lead, a softer pencil, darker pencil. Show the guideline, place the shadow on ground plant, not other plants, longer shadow for larger plants, outline needs to reflect the form of the plant. Remember that it don't need to look like just a little half moon below it. It needs to resemble the actual plant. At them last, they must fall in the same direction. Why? Hmm. Light. Yeah, the sun is gonna. The sun will cast shadows in the same direction during the day. I like drawing them to the southeast I mean it's basically the way everybody should do it just like on page 110 everything is coming off that one tree it's coming down to the, the southeast so your sun is kind of setting you know it's higher in the sky it's past noon you're showing that mid to late afternoon shadow and the shadow cast towards the southeast any questions? Yeah, like a Christmas tree, you would would kind of draw it, the shadow, like in a triangle form from it. Yeah. Yep. Please, please read this chapter. Read this chapter. Tomorrow we're going to do an exercise related to symbols, and then we'll get into ground planing on Friday. So, hmm? Yeah, we're going to continue with that, and then and then move into another one. There's part one and part two to that. Yep, for chapter five exercise, I've got two.